What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the RDA versus Fiziev card going down this weekend at the UFC Apex. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Nice and sore. Uh, lots of gym, lots of jujitsu this week. Fourth of July weekend was great. Um, and uh, for last event, you know, coming off the pay-per-view event wasn't great. I think for everyone, they felt it was like an anticlimactic uh event overall you know some good moments overall but uh you know now i think going into the meaty section of the ufc calendar um i think we got two two big uh fight night events and then a pay-per-view at the end of this month so you know and then a, a nice main event here this week with some you know some top uh top lightweights which is definitely my favorite uh usually my favorite contender you know area and and and, and fight to have so yeah looking forward uh to the rest of the summer for sure yeah, pretty rough pay-per-view card for me as well. Um, definitely some losing bets. But um, the one the one good thing I have to take away was our best bet parlay of the week. For a change, for, to break the streak, mine won and yours lost. So I, I feel, um, you know, I feel good about the coming weeks just based on that alone. Um, how about you? How'd you do bet-wise? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, uh, Brad Brad Riddell obviously let me down. You know, throwing naked inside leg kicks. You know, thirty seconds in, I would never advise that. I would think uh, him as a striking coach as well. But uh, apparently, Jalen Turner, you know, he's going to keep chopping through the division as a whole. Um, so down four four point four uh, units there. Um, you know, honestly, I had Stolyarenko's submission and stuff like that, uh, which was probably my best take. And I will say also, give me a little credit. Stoliarenko was gonna be my best bet, and, and it got hit mid through the uh to the through the uh, show, and it got to like plus I, I think it was like plus one twenty when we finished. So I was like, all right, I'm not gonna do that, and then it ended up closing like plus one fifty. But alas, whatever is what it is. Um, so yeah, you know, ended up uh, being on Pereira, but you know, between the Holloway bet and the uh, bet on Brad Riddell, four point four in the hole. Um, and we move on to uh, the fight night event this week. That was definitely your most confident pick of the last week, and you know, it kind of, you, you we got to start making it so like that either makes or breaks the night. Like after that, you should have been like locked in for profit the whole car without. I, I'm bro, I'm solid on the prelims. I'll tell you, man, these those prelims. But you know, as we go higher up the card, I feel like the variance is a little bit. I don't know what it is specifically, but I feel like I wish I would have had um a little more conviction on Pereira. When they got to plus the plus money side, I was like, man, this guy has like a such a good floor if he foils any of the grappling game by Strickland, and he didn't need to do it at all, obviously. Um, and obviously the Pedro Munoz bet got ended up getting voided, but uh, but yeah, I put that in the past. Not a very memorable pay per view though, through and through, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with the prelim take. I mean, I think it's something about us maybe knowing the fighters a little less and then we have like less preconceived notions and i mean the guys in the main card for example last fight i mean besides Pereira, we've seen these guys fight for hours and hours in the cage and we get we get some biases about them and i guess maybe that yeah, puts the robbie back. did hurt me i i forgot to mention that one i ended up going on robbie and i thought that was a great i think he was like four to one favorite one point, yeah. in the second round but uh, but yeah, he shit the bed. Yeah, bet Robbie the and and then credit to Barbara. And then Max, we were just, I mean, worse better. Than, I mean, yeah, that. Yeah, so that awesome. Uh, well, anyway, enough about the past. I mean, we got a good fight night coming up. I feel like a lot more bettable fights 
on this uh, fight card. A lot of fights that, you know, make your head hurt to talk about, but we'll do our best to to give some quality analysis as always. But I definitely have some bets already locked in. And uh, let's start this off in the Bantamweight division. We have Kakramano versus Hani the Heat, as Ozzy calls him. Definitely one of Ozzy's uh, boys that he's been endorsing for a while now. Uh, Ronnie is at minus 125. Kakramanov plus 105. I'll let you start this one off, Ozzy. What are you thinking about this Bantamweight fight? Man, you know, great fight to open up the main, uh, to open up the prelim card, right? The card as a whole. Um, you know, two guys that, I mean, I'm obviously you mentioned I'm, I've been a big Ronnie, Ronnie Lawrence uh, supporter. And, and obviously I'm a big cock guy for sure as well. So, you know, I'm kind of, you know, not loving that they match these guys up uh, here. Um, you know, Ronnie Lawrence, I just really love his game. I mean, this guy has like, he reminds me like Justin Scoggins where he has like some of that like cardi, uh, karate kickboxing stuff, but then he'll also shoot in on you and have takedowns and top control. And he also, to me, has like a little TJ Dillashaw, you know, in him where he's kind of like switching. He's got power in both hands. He's good, great with his kicks, but then he can wrestle. Kind of reminded me of like when TJ started taking down John Lineker and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot. Uh, TJ Dillashaw is originally a wrestler. But going out into the matchup, you know, Kakramanov came into that fight against uh, Trevin Jones. And, you know, it's an overall, um, I think, a, a nice spirited effort overall. Obviously, he won. But, you know, you did see some faults in the game, right? You know, he got grinded in, against the cage a little bit. He got taken down, you know, ended up in bottom mount a few times but the guy's crafty he's you know he he works with what he has right if you shoot in on him he's willing to grapple uh he's very down to, to strike and throw power shots in exchange as well um and he brings a fight he's got great conditioning uh as well i would say you know i know he's slowed down in a few of his fights but i think overall his conditioning is is pretty good and he likes being in high-paced fights overall um so even if he is tiring uh more than likely the other guy's gonna be getting tired as well like like uh, trevin jones was um because you know kakramanov's looking to push um he he throws a lot of power in his shots um but here i think ronnie lawrence is just a more um you know strategic fighter tactical um he has i think a little bit more tools and he uh, chains them together a bit better um you know this this line was originally i think like pick them now it's coming back towards uh pick them i think people are getting a little excited on the ronnie lawrence side and honestly for me i've been as the line was getting away i kind of was settled on just passing on the fight overall you know not really wanting to to, to back ronnie here just because i do respect kakramanov's game overall i think he's got um you know, I don't think his hands are that accurate, but like I said, he's willing to throw, he's willing to exchange. And I think Ronnie's going to be a little more hesitant to, to be shooting in, you know, all that much uh, here on uh, on Kakramanov early. Um, and then if they get into the clinch, I actually like probably Kakramanov. I think Kakramanov has a little bit of an advantage there um, with the judo background, judo and sambo background. Um, so I'm looking at actually a little bet on Ronnie by decision. Um, it's plus 135 in most places or like the, the most uh, easily to, to get places like FanDuel. Um, I see a plus 150 and maybe like a book out there that uh, some people could get on. But I think that's a solid bet. I think uh, uh, a Ronnie win, you know, is him. He, he He's getting takedowns, uh, maybe like pinning Kakramanov in half guard a little bit. But his control is not the best overall, like if you are trying to get up. So I could see this uh, devolving into kind of like a soppy fight a little bit um, where Ronnie is chasing takedowns a little bit too much. So I don't really want to get invested too much on the money line side. 
but I do think I'll lean towards the uh, to, towards Ronnie by decision potentially, um, and make that my only potential wager on the fight. And I do think it'll go into the later rounds. But I just like that the fact that Ronnie can kick, switch uh, the stances, um, and, and I like uh, the shots and how he sets them up. So no no disrespect to Kakramanov. I think he's going to get a lot of wins in this bantamweight division. But I uh, prefer Ronnie Lawrence here overall, and he'll be my pick to win. A great matchup to start off the card, and uh, I'm on Ronnie's money line here. I got it uh, minus 120 um, for 1.25 units, the smallest of my three bets so far. Um, but I just feel like Ronnie has more ways to win the fight, obviously wrestling being one of the major paths. Um, Kakramanov hasn't looked the best off his back when he's been put. Uh, pretty much the only real sets Trevin Jones had in the fight was in the second round. He got a takedown, and Kakramanov kind of just laid on his back for two minutes there. I mean, he could have been taking a breather knowing he was, already had a good lead in the fight. But regardless, we, we did see him lay flat on his back for two minutes there, which I don't think was too promising. And that whole Jones fight was weird, man. I mean, it was he was really late notice. I mean, he performed well. He got the win. Um, but I just didn't think it was that impressive of a performance looking back on it. A lot of time spent against the cage, and he had that one guillotine attempt in round one and eventually got the guillotine for good in round three. Um, and that's going to be a, uh, you know something to look out for here. Uh, Ronnie needs to make sure he doesn't get his neck caught in that guillotine here. But um, I think the wrestling should be a big path for Ronnie, and I think his striking looked a lot better versus Mana Martinez, and I think his striking is going to be continuing to evolve. He you know, throws leg kicks from the outside. His punches looked pretty sharp in his last fight, and you're going to want to see Ronnie trying to keep this fight at distance, at kicking range, while Kakramanov likes to just kind of trade in the pocket. I mean, coming into the UFC, several wins in a row came by him just trading and throwing hands and knocking guys out. I mean, he has really good power in his hands, so... Ronnie's got to watch himself in the pocket here. I definitely know and recognize that Ronnie could get caught with uh, that pocket boxing of Kakramanov, but I just think he can keep this fight on the outside, have some success, get the fight on the floor, have success. I think his cardio is a lot more proven down the stretch too in these later rounds. So I, I like Ronnie just by having a little bit more pass to victory, but it's, it's a really good matchup. Next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Kennedy and Zetshiku taking on Carl Roberson. We have and Zetshiku minus 131, Roberson plus 111. Another bet on this fight for me, the biggest bet I have tracked so far, Kennedy and Zetshiku, 1.75 units. Uh, I just love this guy as a fighter, you know, even though he is extremely frustrating, hilarious to watch at times. He's not even that good, but uh, I, I like the guy. And let's make no mistake, he won his last fight against Negramanu. Uh, that was one of the worst decisions I've seen in a while. Just a shocking robbery there. I mean, Ozzy and I were Ozzy and I were pretty Bro, pretty uh, confident in him throughout the week. Bro, I still can't figure out how the fuck that happened. I I no one can explain how that no, happened. They truly can't. No one. Um, and then you know he he gets a, he got a point deducted in round three. We're like, oh, we're good. He won round three. We're like, oh, we're totally good. Cash those live bets. Cash the pre-fight bets, and they give it to Nerogamato. I mean, really, really upsetting stuff there. Um, but I think we're probably getting a better price on the guy. As a result of that decision, I mean, it has to be baked in there a little bit. You know, no one is going back and rewatching that fight. Only a few degenerates like us listening to this podcast are rewatching it. Um, but uh, on the other hand, Carl Robeson, one of the most notoriously uh, frustrating and stupid guys of his own right. Uh, I mean, this guy just continuously underwhelms people in, in fights. But the market keeps pricing him like he's good. I don't get it. I mean, he was minus 150 to Roundtree. He was uh, a really close, closely lined versus Brendan Allen. I mean, 
and now he's closely lined here as well, was a pick him at times. And I don't get it, man. This guy is no good. He is, you know, fought a middleweight, so he's going to be the smaller guy in there. His striking, you know, is okay. Uh, his wrestling is okay, but he just doesn't know how to make good in-fight decisions. He doesn't know how to throw a lot of strikes. Uh, and Kennedy is just an output machine gun. This guy just throws a ton of straight punches. And, you know, that's what I like about him is just, when this fight's on the feet, I, I trust him to be throwing and landing more strikes. And I think that's what the fight's going to come down to. I don't see Roberson having that wrestling success. Kennedy's long frame is just going to be difficult for Carl to take down. And, you know, Kennedy just throws a lot of strikes. And for his fighters coming off a loss, they are a phenom in MMA. And I love Kennedy in this fight. Um, so I think he's going to outbox this guy to a decision probably. I mean, I can see why someone would like the Kennedy side. But it's just not for me, man. After that last fight, like, yeah, I thought he won. But he didn't do sh- Like, he should have took the second. I thought he won three. Yo, personally. But, I mean, Nicole sucks like that dude's terrible and like he carl roberson is i feel just a whole different tier of fighter even if people want to snap on him and be like oh like that last fight again like i mean you have to remember like he did close a favorite against khalil correct right he got steamed against khalil and i don't remember yeah, like what was, the i think he was minus 160 i don't remember what the narrative was on that one like i don't know if people thought i didn't bet on the fight but i don't know if people thought that um he was in an outstrike Roberson or just grapple him or um excuse me uh, uh round tree or I'll grapple him. I don't remember. But he he got bet in that fight. And I mean the guy, I mean, he's got some skills. Like, I mean, even his grappling is a little underrated. And he used to be at 205. You know, he was killing himself a little bit to get down to 185. I think that would maybe that contributed a little bit to the mistakes that he would make sometimes in fights, like just being dehydrated overall. Um you know, so I kind of think there could be like, you know, at the plus 108 number, like, I don't think so. But, you know, I just paying juice on Kennedy, man, like, you know, the like his whole game is just jabs and crosses, right? He doesn't really mix up, doesn't really throw hooks. You know, he gets frozen in the pocket a little bit as well. He could be timid, you know, uh, if he gets hit. Um, he, he got turned off uh, by, by Jung, you know, kind of randomly. And, you know, just a few of his fights are just weird. And I'm just not in the business of betting weird guys like him. Like, even in against Danilo, right? Danilo has his back. And what Kennedy does, he doesn't do anything. He's like, freeze. All right. N- nothing's going to happen here. And Carl Roberson, I don't think one is incapable of putting Kennedy in bad situations. And then two, he's kind of a potent finisher himself. Like, like I said, he's like a sneaky grappler. He'll use, he's willing to use the grappling. And I think he will be the superior grappler against Kennedy. Yeah, it's probably going to be tough to take Kennedy down. And, and Roberson does not have the best takedowns. But he's a kickboxer. I think he's going to mix it up, throw punches, kicks to the body, you know, mix it up to the head. I think his defense is is not, you know, not all that bad. So, I mean, if if there's a more of an inflated plus price on on uh, Carl, I think I'll, I'll be willing to jump in but i just i want to avoid this fight i don't want them to make me back carl roberson but you know maybe the over here because honestly like i don't really think kennedy's finishing roberson very easily you know i think the ko line for kennedy is a little too short um you know it's gonna have to be an overwhelming uh you know kind of ko and i don't know if kennedy necessarily has that in him um but you know carl did quit in his last fight but 
you know, Khalil hits just way harder than Kennedy, and he's like a real kickboxer, whereas, you know, Kennedy's just like a freaking cardio boxer. So I'm actually going to pick Carl Roberson to get the win. And if it gets a little, I need a little more meat on the bone, though, to make it a bet. So so we'll go we'll go oppo on that one. But I like the that, over, I think. I don't think Kennedy's getting him out of there quick. I don't think he's gonna come out hot. He's a slow starter, so yeah. Carl. Yeah, you're you're onto something with the over, but you're you're severely mistaken in putting any faith in Carl Roberson. I mean, this guy's gotta be one of the worst fighters to come out of the no, northeast no, in no, a long no, time. No, 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 no. I don't no, know. No, I no, I think no. you can struck you you're 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 you're, you're 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 confusing. You're you're confusing performances like bad performances for overall skill. But like, bro, he guys str- look who he straight- had to fight. He he fought Marvin Vittori, Brandon Allen, and Khalil. All of those guys are better than basically but anyone. But it's how stupid he was fought. in those fights. He just fights stupidly in every Kennedy fight. Kennedy I mean, fights stupid he... too, and he doesn't do stuff. No, I no he. I don't think he fights. I mean, in the, even the if he fight, fights stupid though, fight. the, these are he's fighting against guys which with much more experience that can make him pay for fighting stupid. Like, is Kennedy gonna make him pay for like what is fighting stupid against Kennedy look like? Like, what is he gonna do? I think he'll just try to kickbox with them and get out volume. Honestly, I mean, I don't think like like again the grappling maybe, might be his best path. Maybe, I don't think he's gonna do it. Kennedy's not a reliable striker. Like I just like no, the I only time he that he went nuts on a guy was on Nicole in round three. That's it in his whole life. No, I mean he went. I mean he went toe to toe with Olberg. I mean he bro. No, he was getting wrecked, and then he Olberg slowed down, and then he started going ham. But well, the the fight was had it. He was competitive throughout. I mean, he I, I the way he was reason clearly why, losing. The, dude, yes, yeah, he was. But the reason why I like Kennedy is because like he has had those two fights against Olberg and Marks where he was losing and then battled back to it. And same with uh, with Nergamano. We know Olberg he landed eighty three punches. I mean, he let Olberg outlanded him almost by double. Yeah, but the the Nigerian still knocked him out. I mean, that's Olberg with like three fights, literally. It's a good win. It's aging well. I mean, the win has aged well in the past shit few was weeks. Like two, that shit was like two years ago almost. Or no, it was yeah. one year ago. Well, imagine Whatever, getting... Imagine Kennedy's getting not reliable. The fact that you're acting like Kennedy's reliable is ridiculous. Last thing I'll say. I think he's more reliable at minus 111 where I bet him at near pick him. But sure. last thing I'll say is isn't a straight ankle lock is that like a pain submission or is it like do you think it's like it's not like a heel hook right it, it's a pain submission no right? motherfucker you could get your let your ankle snapped Are you kidding me but is brendan now the guy to do it like if, if brendan allen gets you in a straight ankle lock do you think you're tapping out like that bro uh, don't you speak highly of Brendan Allen? Don't you think his? I'm off. Is, I'm know? off. I'm off Brendan Allen. I'm oh off yeah. Him. Now you're now you're smart. You remember? You remember when I told you he'd be out of the UFC by the time he was like 30 or something or 28? I remember I, what age. I, I, I mean, he'll probably be like the Bellator middleweight champion by then. But yeah, probably. there's zero chance. But I told you this guy's what 20? He's a 95 kid. I told you he's gonna be out of the UFC. So I mean, he barely beat. I mean, Brendan Allen sucks. But. Either way, dude, no, you could definitely get your fucking ankle popped and snapped from a uh, ankle lock. That's ridiculous. Oh, it'll pop, but it won't. Kennedy it, it, doesn't it just... even know jujitsu, bro. What are we even talking about? No, it, it'll hurt, but you no, can paint, you can power Marshall, through that. Stop, stop, stop. You can stop, power stop, through it. Stop, I power man. through many straight ankle locks in my time. Stop, stop, stop. Um, okay, next fight. Um, 
Featherweight division, David Onama, Garrett Armfield making his UFC debut. Armfield, very short notice, took the fight today, I think, right? Or last yes. night or some shit. Um, and uh, they have fought before. Onama, minus 900. Armfield, plus 550. My summary of their first fight is that Armfield, you know, made it competitive for the first four or five minutes. It was a, a three-minute-round th- uh, three amateur fight. But then Onama just started, you know, realizing that he's at a huge athletic advantage and this guy is smaller and hits a lot less harder. And Onama just started going crazy. Uh, second and third round started kind of teeing off on him, smashed him with some big knees. But Armfield stayed tough and made it to a decision. So... Um, you know, that was three or four years ago. Onama's, uh, you know, been the one in the UFC uh, getting wins since then. Um, do you think Armfield's got any chance, Ozzy, here? Did, did you look into this fight? on short I don't have many thoughts on this fight. I've seen Armfield multiple times. He fought uh, Ronnie Lawrence. That was a really good fight that they fought on, like, an LFA prelim. Um, it was a competitive fight, but, you know, uh, Ronnie obviously won. Um, and then I saw, I remember I bet on Mateo Vogel against him. And I mean, you remember I put you onto that one. I think we got like plus like two twenty or something like that. Um, the the legend of Discord Tyrax was on the other side of that. Thank you to him. Um, <laughs> but it was a sweaty ass fight because this dude Armfield was destroying Mateo Vogel. I mean, Mateo Vogel he earned a fan for life for surviving that and then finding a submission. Um, but yeah, I mean, Armfield's going up a weight class. I think at one thirty five he could be he could be solid. I think he could stick in the UFC. Um, and he's a Sanford guy. He's from Missouri, like my boy Grant Dawson. Um, but he kind of, this kind of fight reminds me not like uh, just a short notice nature of it, like um, Parsons versus uh, Elder, right? The, uh, Elder and uh, Armfield are both from Missouri, and they're fighting bigger guys that like could probably hurt them and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think Armfield's gonna lose. I I thought that Onama would be like minus six hundred here. He's minus eight hundred now. So I mean, you know, I think we're kind of accurate, but I'm not betting on this fight. I the only thing I would maybe try to consider if you know people want to, I wouldn't want to actually lay the juice on the over one and a half just because Onama's so much bigger, um, and he got after uh, Benitez so hard last time. But I mean, I'll, I'll be rooting for Armfield. I like when you know guys are like down, you know coming in short notice, you know up a weight class, all this stuff. But you know, no bets on that for me. And I'm just I'm not high on Onama though as a prospect. I don't think he's that good. So no, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he lost. He's he's not that good, but he's I mean he's an athletic freak. Honestly, I mean the dude's got incredible athleticism. I mean I'm coming into the UFC. I remember taping his grappling, and this dude just had like these crazy ability to escape positions. Like he'd have his back taken, and he would just power out of it and then uh, i was i still thought mason jones would have a chance to submit him but then the dude was doing the same shit mason jones just like couldn't control this guy on the ground for very long he just kept escaping um so he's hard to hold down he's hard to submit um you know he, he's pretty durable as well we saw that uh in the uh mason jones fight but that was up a weight class benita has definitely you know rung his bell a little bit um but this guy has a really good ability to come back from getting hurt and to just stay in a firefight even if he's getting hurt and uh, i think that's going to be pretty difficult for armfield for to get a win here because uh, i don't see him you know winning rounds against unami i think he's definitely going to need a finish and i just see onama being you know uh too durable, too tough to submit to really, you know, get finished here. I mean, I guess he's going to have to get caught and knocked out on the feet um, if he gets uh, if he loses at all. So I, I guess Armfield by KO is it might be uh, worth a small poke at you know whatever it is twelve to one. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, I know the, the over one and a half seems interesting here, considering the first fight went nine minutes. Um, and then this the over, over one and a half only has to go seven and a half minutes this time. Armfield up a weight class. So we do see guys come in and show uh, a way more durable uh, than they are typically uh, going up a weight class. Um, you know, th these guys are just harder to submit, uh, harder to finish uh, when they have that extra 10 pounds, when they're not cutting as much weight. But he also is taking the fight on really short, no short notice. Was he was he supposed to fight or something, or did he just no, jump dude, in? dude, I don't know. Well, let's go on to the next fight, bro. Come on. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> um, Next fight is uh, Brundage versus Gore, middleweight fight. Um, Gore getting steamed recently. He's now minus 140. Brundage coming back plus 120. Um. You know, these guys are both pretty, you know, low-level, untested guys. Gore, especially, with only four or five fights. And, you know, Gore's last fight, a pretty bad look for him, uh, uh, you know, against Battle, talking about he's going to be a double champ in the UFC, and then he loses his first fight. Oh, um, <laughs> and then he, uh, I mean, he just doesn't throw strikes, right? That's the guy's problem is he, he jabs, he has a nice, you know, one-two. But he doesn't really throw it that much. Um, and, you know, I guess he defended some takedowns against Brian Battle. Uh, he has defended some takedowns throughout his career. But I, I don't know. I just don't get the, guy, the vibe. This guy's a good grappler. Uh, he did have one really ugly moment on the regionals where he was put on bottom. Um, but, you know, Gore, if he stays on the feet and throws throws a lot of volume, ups his volume, sure, he should outstrike Brundage. But Brundage uh, is a grappler. He knows he probably should get this fight to the uh, to the floor. He doesn't really have too much success standing. And, uh, you know, I trust the guy to do it. Our boy John Stargarian's been in contact with him. He knows the game plan to wrestle. Um, and, you know, if he can get these takedowns, you know, there's a good chance he could get some meaningful top control, maybe even submit Gore. And I think Gore is just way too much of a question mark in the defensive grappling to be laying chalk on him here. So all the people steaming Gore, I don't know them. I don't know anybody betting him. Um, so I don't know where this action is coming from, but give me a uh, Cody a plus money, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I like Gore. Um, you know, I think that, uh, I think this fight is going to be better for him than the Brian, but I don't know what was the deal with him there. I don't know if it was like the nerves, like the build up to the fight, like, you know, it being the, Oh, it's a real tough finale and all this stuff like that. Like, I don't know. You know, I, all I know is that in the second round, he looked pretty good when he started getting going. Um, and I think that, Oh, what's his name? Uh, what's this guy's name? Brundage. Yeah, I mean, Brundage, I thought, you know, the wrestling, he has some good entries. And you could tell, like, he flows in he flows in pretty well and he's comfortable once he gets a hold of you. But, I mean, I've not really seen, like, against a crockpot dude, you know, he, he puts him on his back and he kind of maneuvers a little bit well, you know, once on top. You know, against William Knight, he kind of gets good positions. But, I mean, Gore is not a complete noob in terms of the ground game. He's like at least a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. I know that. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that. I think I saw like in like one of the Ultimate Fighter clip stuff, like him wearing a gi at the Lima gym. And I mean, on the feet, I just think that, you know, Brundage is actually not that bad on the feet either. But, you know, I think that he just doesn't react well to getting hit. Like he's kind of like a middleweight version of JP Buys. And I, I think Gore is actually pretty accurate. Like when he does throw, like like we said, he doesn't throw a lot. When he's throwing, he's landing. He he's pretty good at finding the chin. He's got um, he he just solid with all the weapons, right? He 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 throws knees in the clinch. Like if he gets inside, he's got decent kicks. So I mean, I mean, I prefer the Gore side. You know, I don't really like Brundage. You know, I know he's you know that that last guillotine was pretty solid. You know, by him, I I wouldn't lay the juice now on Gore. You know, he's just a little too unproven. 
uh, to me. But I, I I wouldn't mind, you know, this Gore KO line, which I think I saw like a plus. It was in the twos. I'm trying to open this right now. It's a plus two fifty. So you got there's a plus two ninety out there as well. So I think that's a solid way to have action on the fight. Just because Gore, I mean, I think he hits he hits pretty hard. He's accurate. I think he chooses his shots better than a guy like Dolce. Um, and he's good at uh, throwing some interception intercepting shots as well. Um, so I'm kind of looking at the under. You know, I kind of like the under here because I think if Cody is winning, like he's like a He's like a I'm not I don't want to say he panics, but I feel like if he's having success, he's going to look for a finishing sequence at some point. Like he's going to look for a submission, he's going to be looking like if he if he's look if he's uh, you know, in a lot of grappling exchanges, like I think he'll be he'll get a good grappling, you know, position or I think he's going to tire out and Gore's going to start getting to him. Um also Gore, you know, he had that injury, right? Uh on tough. It was a meniscus by the from my knowledge, he must have had it. Um, uh, he didn't get it snipped. He got it repaired. Um, so I think that he might be, you know, coming back a little bit strong. Like I said, I think he's coming back a little stronger here. Um, usually sometimes that, that knee injury takes a little bit to recover from. Um, so, yeah, so I think his cardio is going to be maybe a little bit better here. He's going to be able to push a little harder. And, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Gore to finish. But I'm looking at just the overall fight under uh, is going to be my lean. Uh, here and I'll, I'll pick Gore to win the fight. Nice. We got some dissenting takes uh, so far. Next fight, women's flyweight fight. Shevchenko versus Courtney Casey. Shevchenko is the favorite, minus 163. Courtney Casey, plus 143. Ozzy, I know you're dying to talk about this fight. Let's Bro. hear some thoughts on it. Yeah, you ever seen, I think it's Django, right? Where, where he's got a sleeve and stuff. And the sleeve, you know, at some point, you know, he just looks up at uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think it is. And he's like, I'm tired, boss. <laughs> and I'm fucking tired of fights like this all the fucking time, man. And what a you reference. Know, it also fucking it also pisses me off because it's like, man, I'm looking at this fight and I really want to bet against Courtney Casey. But I know I can't do it, man. Like I just can't do it. I'm not gonna get involved. Like some some souls out there on FanDuel, you know, bet um Shevchenko minus 188. And like God help them, dude. Like, I don't see how you could want to do that. If you like know the overall aspect of it, but if you're looking at the fight in a vacuum to, to you know, for, for my boy, John Kelly in a vacuum, you know, Shevchenko, she just has way sharper strikes. Uh, Courtney Casey is like really, really slow, in my opinion, on the feet. Like, you know, when she's throwing her right hand, you can see that shit coming from a mile away. You know, I, I think she's gotten away from, if I'm remembering right, the kicks a bit. Like she used to be a little bit more of a calf kicker. Um, and she doesn't do it as much, right? She 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 lives with Dakar, Dakar Close, and Dakar Close, you know, he's been known to calf kick. So maybe she brings it out again, although I think Antonina usually fights uh, softball, so that shit probably won't work anyway. Um, but, I mean, Casey always fights close. And Shevchenko, like, she's just not, like, all there up top. But if she has a striking fight, she usually has a, a decent floor overall and she actually does have like some trip games in there you know she'll, she'll work in a takedown or two but man i'm not betting on this fight like there's there's just no way that i could you know lay chalk on antonina shevchenko and so that means that you would probably think that courtney casey is okay but i think laying chalk on it to go the distance is probably the best bet overall of this fight so you minus 180 190 185 you know, I think that's kind of solid because I don't think Shevchenko's going to knock Casey out. And Casey doesn't really get submitted. Like, she got submitted by um, 
Robert Robertson, but it was like at the end of the fight and you know all that. So, and you know, I don't think she she's gonna uh, submit uh, Valentina or Antonina, but <laughs> the the armbar is always live, you know, in women's MMA. So it could happen, but yeah, I'll pick. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna pick Shevchenko to win by decision. So what's that? Shevchenko by decision. Plus is, I mean, you can get plus 120. It's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I initially thought maybe Casey would be value here, but um, no, not not thinking that anymore. Um, looking for some way to play the fight, though. Um, you know, I feel like no scorecards for Shevchenko. I mean, she's only minus 150. I mean, Casey only has like one finish, right? Or, yeah, she has it, She bars, finishes uh, her, it's know. an arm bar, bro. Felony. Yeah, but I think, but Shevchenko has, you know, she finished Lipsky on the match. She finished uh, Pudilova with some stupid choke. Like, she has gotten some stupid finishes just that went her way. And I don't know. I mean, for only minus 150, I feel like there's a, a good chance that wins. Um, but I mean, yeah, Shevchenko should should outstrike her in the feed, should uh, definitely have a big clinch advantage. I mean, uh, the only the only way I see Casey really winning is getting a takedown, but she only has three takedowns in her UFC career, which spans like three hours. Here's in, and uh, Shevchenko also has three takedowns, but these women have been taken down 15 times for Shevchenko and 29 times for Courtney Casey. She's been taken down 29 times in the UFC. Like, are you kidding me? Um, she just has no idea how to wrestle. Like, remember that Jojua fight? Like, she was out, she was getting outstruck the whole fight, and then anytime Jojua attempted to take down, she would easily get it. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Hey, Courtney like, Casey doesn't make sense, doing? dude. Like, I don't know what kind of fighter, like, how she came to form. But it's she's a really weird fighter. Yeah. I don't like her. Yeah, I think I think Shevchenko. Um, I, I was, early in the week I was thinking it was dog or pass. Now I think it's kind of Shevchenko or pass. I mean, I think it's gonna. I'm not advocating laying juice on women's MMA because we don't do that. We don't do that on this fucking podcast. But uh, I think Shevchenko will win. And then yeah, plus one twenty Shev decision. Um, not bad. Um, next fight is um probably one of the best fights on the card. Um, uh, we have. Bantamweight division, Alamin Zahabi taking on Ricky Tercios. The line here is Tercios minus 190, Zahabi plus 165. So I've got a bet on this fight. Um, got some Ricky Tercios. Uh, bet, on, bet against him on his last fight with Brady Highstand. Super close back and forth fight. You know, I, I definitely don't think the Highstand bet was bad. I mean, it was a split decision after all. Um but I mean, Tercios, you know, just impressed me in this fight. This guy just—he—he's a dog. I mean, he—he he throws a ton of strikes in the feet. He's got a, a an endless gas tank. He gets taken down. He finds a way to scramble up. He's hard to hold down. I mean, I really think he is a, a mini Tony Ferguson. Uh, you know in in training right now i mean the dude just has a lot of similar characteristics his strikes are kind of ugly you know he gets hit a good amount but he he's tough and he comes forward and he he'll take one shot to give two back and eventually that will you know be a bad strategy but i don't think alamin zahabi is the guy to really make him pay for that i mean this guy fights very rarely you know he did win his last fight by draco and you know i'm pretty sure ozzy and i both bet him in that fight as an underdog sure he had a nice knockout over draco but draco is a low level fighter i don't think he has a single win in the ufc right and uh you know 
he, he Zahabi just caught him with one clean punch, but Zahabi was doing nothing up into that fight. And that's the way that Zahabi's going to have to win this fight. He's going to have to time a great counter and hurt Tercios and put him away with it. Because if this fight goes uh, past, you know, it goes into the rounds and we go to a judge's scorecards, I'm really confident that Tercios' volume will be the the thing winning this fight. I mean, it's a small possibility that, that Zahabi throws enough big shots to to you know, stifle Tercios and for him to win the rounds. But man, I really see this being a very favorable fight if this fight goes to the decision for Tercios, just because he's just so aggressive and so high up. But I mean, this guy just doesn't stop. Great cardio. And I think he's a, good, a guy you want your money on. And, uh, you know, where the price is at now, that's probably where I cap him, 65%, 65%, um, But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about Tercios going into this one. Yeah, so this is a fight I focused on this week. Like you said, uh, I did bet Eamon uh, Zahabi in his last fight against Draco. I had him, you know, all kinds of ways inside distance, you know, no scorecards, money line, all that. Um, but I mean, it wasn't that great of a performance. But like you said, Draco is like one of the lowest level dudes in the UFC. Like he, he, he honestly shouldn't have been in the UFC. Like he came in, got a fluke triangle over Mana Martinez. Um, and, you know, obviously he's been, you know, quickly out of the UFC. And coincidentally, I think uh, Trotman, uh, another Twitter, Twitter guy with us, um, boxing guy, said that he's got a, like a boxing fight coming up. Uh, you know, this week or something like that. But, you know, ir regardless, you know, in that fight, he's kind of just like consistently flinching. You know, he's kind of like not really looking to counter all that much. You know, he's kind of on the back foot and, and kind of like, you know, just not engaging. I kind of see Draco when I'm looking at Draco there. Um, he kind of wants to exchange more with uh, with Sahabi. He's kind of like, oh, what's this guy doing? He's kind of like looking at him kind of a little peculiarly. And then I think that actually went into... Not it wasn't his game plan, but it kind of played into the hands of uh, of Zahabi because after maybe you know the three minutes, whatever you know, Draco is such an inexperienced guy that he's kind of coming in without much offense, and you know Zahabi's able to uh, to connect on his chin uh, with one of those uh, overhand rights, right? And you know, uh, I, I don't think Draco thought that he's going to sit down on a punch like that, uh, and it caught him by surprise. But you know, Ricky, I mean, the guy's a whirlwind. Obviously, you know, this dude, you know, is coming forward all the time. He's got pretty good strikes, you know, strike selection, in my opinion. Uh, he mixes it up well. You know, he's he's fine to, to fight in the clinch as well. Um, and then if he does get put on his back uh, at all, which I think maybe uh, Zahabi will, you know, look to, to wrestle a little bit here um, coming from that TriStar camp. He, he's got great get-ups. He's got some good sweeps. You know, he'll, he'll go to X-Guard. He he's comes up on, on legs a, a lot. Um, and he he's definitely not a fish fish on his back, and it's evident that they they're giving some submission equity in the uh, in the lines uh, his way. But I just think the pace overall, like just look at that Zahabi or the the Draco fight. Like you know Zahabi has no interest in really exchanging or like being active or you know putting strikes out there. You know even faints. That's the thing. He's not even fainting. Like he's not doing anything that you know I like to see from like the lighter weight guys that in the you know. I'm not going to drop the M word, you know, I think people get excited when I drop the M word, but he, it's like his whole game plan. It's just, I don't think is very well suited for this weight class. Again, he's almost 35 as well now. So he's been off for like 16, 18 months. So I don't think that weight cut is real good on him either. Um, And Ricky, I think has been chomping at the bit 
to get back into that cage. Like, I don't even think this suit, like, uh, Zahabi would be able to make it through that tough house. Like, you know, he fights, uh, what's his name? Dan, Dan Argetta. Like, I think Argetta beats some, you know, uh, Shalinian. Like, I just think that the, those were really, really tough fights, uh, for Tercios, for him to come through, pull through them. I think his chin showed, uh, you know, showed pretty well. He's still young. He's a 93 kid. You know, I love that angle. Um, and I think he's coming to his own, man. And I think he could have been in the UFC for a few years now. Um, and I think his pace, uh, his willingness to, to exchange and get into to high pace fights and and the way that he keeps the fight on his rhythm on his pace like even if you you don't know, like that oh yeah he gets hit early blah 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 all this stuff like yeah but it's kind of like in his game plan and in his nature and i think that if he wants to slow down the fight and not exchange as much i think that he can make his strikes count more and uh and and while also still uh remaining unpredictable so i think it's gonna be a good fight for ricky he's like he's like one of my only bets this week um and i mean i think this is like closer to like a bet mgm move to 225 i think this is closer to like a 70 percent for tercios because i don't think zahabi like you said is winning decisions that often against i mean literally anyone in the ufc but especially a guy like uh uh tercios um so yeah i think uh, zahabi win is inside the distance it's actually i think maybe like a submission here maybe like catching like the neck or like a guillotine or something like that because he is a tricky grappler but you know i think that uh ricky's gonna start running away from with this fight and uh and probably win uh you know going away you know so i think it could be competitive a little bit you know i'm not totally discounting zahabi but i really like uh ricky in this spot yeah and uh Zahabi's 45 minutes in the UFC, he attempts four strikes per minute. So he's throwing one strike every 15 seconds. I mean, I don't I don't think that's a great strategy. I think that's changed as well. Like after he got I I mean, I was in attendance for when he got knocked out by Ricardo Ramos. That was a scary like this guy was down for a long time. And after that fight, like his brother um Faras was like, Hey man, like you should like don't like you should not fight anymore. And I think that knockout had like a big effect on him. Like like really, like honestly, like I've like I don't think, you know, so I don't know. We'll 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 see. But yeah, I think that he's like way more tentative now after getting caught with some you know, something like yeah. that. And uh what real quick, what year was um Ricky Tercios born in? Like I said, nineteen ninety three. Okay, yeah, just clarifying. Um, all right, main card time, lightweight division. The legend Michael Johnson taking on Jamie Malarkey. Uh, we have the line here at minus two thirty three for Malarkey, plus one ninety eight for MJ. Ozzy, your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking about this one? Pretty overall aggressive line movement in the uh, direction of Jamie Malar- Malarkey, as I like to call him. Um, I think like maybe like slightly warranted. Yeah, you know, Michael Johnson, like like people are saying, he got buzzed a little bit by uh by Patrick. Um, and you know, I think Malarkey, he's kind of got some tight, tight punches in the pocket. He's willing to exchange, but you know, that could also get him in trouble here. Um, what I'm looking at is that Malarkey's submission line is at six to one, five to one in some places, and uh he's shown to be a pretty good grappler. He has some some good control, and the only only time that someone was able to get him, like, you know, he saw in the Brad Riddell fight, he was on the ground, the Faras, uh, ZM fight, and obviously we know the deal with Michael Johnson. Um, but I'm curious why they have the KO line price like this. I don't know if, like, it's because they think that uh, Johnson's durability is uh, is waning from uh, see, showing, seeing that uh, Patrick fight. You know, I don't have a lot of confidence in Michael Johnson. I know some people are saying, like, hey, you know, they think that, that he could definitely win. I mean, yeah, I mean, Michael Johnson, if he fights a perfect fight, which, you know, he, he does have the skills to do. I just don't think he has the discipline um, and the ability to do it just because I think Jamin Malarkey, he could just mix it up so much that, like, 
it it kind of brings me back to a fight that I remember when uh, Juliana Pena fought Sarah McMahon or whatever. It's not a great comparison, but I remember like talking to some people and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, you know, McCann, McMahon is better than uh, Juliana Pena in a number of areas. But like she's just, you know, uh, Juliana's gonna make her brain overheat and like she's gonna start making mistakes. So that's what happens to Michael Johnson. Look at that Tiago Moises fight. You know, he comes out, he he looks amazing, right? But like I don't know, like the more this guy thinks, like the worse that he does. And I think Jamie Malarkey's gonna make him think, kick, jab, left hook, right cross, clinch, takedown, bump, all this stuff. And eventually Michael Johnson's gonna mess up. He's gonna do something that's gonna get him finished. Um, but I won't blame anybody for playing the Michael Johnson line. I'm not going to play this fight at all. I'm going to pass on it um, and wish people luck. You know, I like Jamie Malarkey. I'll pick him to win. But, you know, I wouldn't blame a, a little stab on Michael Johnson for some people. But yeah. Not um, my kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't knock the stab at all. I mean, I think I think it is it's a definitely a value situation. I mean, you, you make this bet, you realize exactly what Ozzy just said. This guy is, uh, you know, a, a notorious idiot. He the fight could lose. You could lose at any moment. He's bound to make stupid decisions. But up until that moment, I think plus two hundred is going to look pretty good. I mean, if this fight stays standing and it's just a pure striking fight, I mean, I still expect Johnson to be outboxing Malarkey and having the speed advantage. Uh, I mean, Malarkey lost round one to uh, Devonte Smith not that long ago, right? And he uh, started real slow in the um, the Turner fight. You know, got busted up and beat, uh, knocked out badly there. You know, bad knockout four months ago. And this guy just has been, you know, really durable throughout his career. Um, you know, the Brad Riddell fight being a great example of that. But then we saw Turner, you know, eventually be able to put him away. So, you know, there's a possibility that that, that durability is waning a bit. Uh, you know, Malarkey, I, I think he is a pretty young guy. But I feel, I feel like this guy has just got a lot of miles on him. His face looks like he's just taking a lot of punches. Um, and, you know, Michael Johnson... You know, his takedown defense is actually like really not that bad. He he's bound to make a mistake, but like if he you shoot five takedowns at him, I, I think he'll, he'll stuff four of them. I mean, it, it's just uh, you know, that that one takedown that he gives up, it pro he's probably going to make a very a terrible mistake, uh, and, and eventually you know, get himself finished or something. But man, I don't know, I just don't relate rate Malarkey that highly, um, as a grappler. I mean, if he comes in dedicated grappling into this fight and hits takedowns and looks easy. Um, you know, I call me call me wrong, but I think he's gonna fool around on the feet and make this fight a little bit harder than it has to be. And I was surprised to see him, you know, just walk through uh, MJ. But um, you know, the Malarkey sub is so much better than the KO. You know, Malarkey sub at six to one. I mean, if you're if you think Malarkey's gonna cover his price tag, it's definitely gonna be in the grappling. And I think yeah, like as you mentioned, the the Malarkey KO price doesn't make sense to me. The Malarkey sub at six to one. I mean, I think that's probably worth a poke as well. I mean. Uh, a grappler against MJ at, at that price for sub. Take that. Um, enough about that one. Uh, women's fight next. Uh, flyweight division. Cynthia Calvillo, Nina Nunes. Um, man, this is just one of those fights that, that is depressing to think about. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo minus 142. Nunes plus 122. Uh, and, you know, yeah, like uh, Ozzy's uh, incredible Django reference, um, you know, if you guys don't. Yeah, know I, I actually, about, I, I want to correct that. I messed up. I don't remember. I don't know why I thought that it was Django. That was, a was. Michael Duncan. And um, no, I, they might have been in that one too, but I remember in the gift from um, the Green Mile. 
So oh. I, maybe it was in Django too, but yeah, because there's an epi- that, there's a, there's that's an one epi- gif I like I like to 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 share. That I'm tired, boss. There's a scene <laughs> in uh, Django where he uh, uh some uh, one of his fighters is uh, uh, hiding in a tree because he doesn't want to fight anymore, and he says something right. along like I'm tired, I'm tired. Yeah, that, maybe um, that's so... the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. sounds good. Um, Either way, two two amazing movies. Rest in peace, Michael Duncan. Um. Anyway, this fight is just, you know, really sad to think about. So um, what I'll say is Nunez in her last fight, you know, she did go against a really tough matchup in Dern, got destroyed, demolished, taken down, sliced through her guards, submitted easily. Um, You know, just on the feet there, man, she looked wooden. She looked stiff, old. She looked like every bit of, of, you know, having a baby and taking a few years off the cage. You know, no disrespect, um, but she, she just looked old and slow. Uh, no other way around it. Um, and, you know, her takedown defense had been historically a lot better than it showed in that fight. And she got put on bottom by Marcos and Gedalia and Suarez even and was able to survive bad positions against them. Obviously, during a different animal on the ground than those women. But I still was was a bit, uh, you know, surprised to see just how easily Dern sliced through that all. So to me, that that probably, sim- uh, you know, Shows that Nina is going to be, uh, you know, slowing down on the decline here. Obviously, she's she's, uh, you know, thirty six years old. Wow, it's even older than I expected. Um, she's had a pretty long fight career, and she, you know, she's a mother now. So uh, I just don't think that's a good formula. You know, Cynthia Calvillo is is not young either. She's thirty three. That shocked thirty four. That shocked me a lot older than I thought. Um, uh, but this woman's been getting really tough matchmaking lately. I mean, Chukagian, Andrade, Andrea Lee. You know, three tough opponents, three losses in a row. And I feel like those losses are probably giving you a buy low spot on her here. Uh, to me, you know, she's younger, has the more upside to potential, uh, uh, upside potential to improve. If anyone's hitting takedowns and keeping top position, it's going to be Calvio here. And man, it, I don't even think it's going to be a blowout on the feet. I mean, it's, it's going to be a coin flip on the feet, man. Nunez was looking old as hell in those exchanges versus Dern. So I honestly think uh, Calvillo is the side here. Again, we don't bet women's MMA chalk on the podcast uh, anymore. We've made that pact, you know, blood pact. Uh, but Calvillo is the side here. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, Nina's moving up to 125 from that 115 fight, right? Uh, the Dern fight, yeah, the Dern fight was 115. And she, she, she basically probably killed her body, you know, to make it, you know, to that weight after the pregnancy. Uh, you know, she is coming off the ultimate fighter uh with uh with her husband uh Amanda. And I mean it was uh it was a one twenty five what? What? You you said That's husband. Her husband. That's her husband. Oh uh, no, no, you can't you say haven't that seen the marriage you bro. haven't seen the marriage. Also, I, okay. I had no idea this was at one twenty five. Good good uh good point for bringing that yeah, up. Yeah, focus on no the clue. focus on the relevant stuff, okay? All right. Focus <laughs> on the relevant stuff. You haven't seen the marriage certificate. Anyway, my like fault, I was my fault. like before I was rudely interrupted. Um, I oh yeah, so Ultimate Fighter and you know, uh, you know, obviously Nunez is the head coach, but it was a one twenty five season. So I would think, I mean, you know, maybe Nina's getting in some some work with those those girls. You know, it only makes sense. But I I kind of just don't like her in this fight. Like you said, you know, even though Cynthia Cavillo has been butchered in her last two fights, right on the feet, boxing like. It's kind of discipline. Like she, you know, she's she throws the jab. She'll follow with the right hand. Obviously, she doesn't have power, um, you know, in her hands. But you know, she she'll she'll throw strikes on the feet. But the thing is, like, you want her to be take going for takedowns, and like she hasn't been doing that. So I would think that that is the game plan here a bit. 
But I just think that it's going to be probably difficult for her to get Nina down easily and consistently. So, like you said, at the chalk price, I wouldn't want to get involved. Um, looking at the Calvillo by decision line, though, kind of interesting to me. Plus 160. I don't think that's, you know, that, you know, bad. I think that's actually a very, very fair price mm -hmm. uh, for the submission or for the decision line. Um, I think it's going to, you know, Nina's going to be very defensive when she does get, if she does get taken down. Um, you know, she wasn't really ever a get up girl. That's the, that's the issue that these guys had that were betting her against Dern. You know, she was like, all you heard is, Oh man, but you know she's hopping on. Look how she's hopping on one leg against Tatiana, bro. Like, there's no way, there's no way Dern could put her down. He's, it's like, dude, okay, whatever. But she, she's not really a get-up girl, right? She's like, you know, she's got some dexterity, right, from the karate taekwondo bullshit. Um, but like her ground game is just never gonna be there. Like it's just ever, ever, ever. So you know, the concern would be obviously Calvillo submitting her. Um, you know, maybe look at the Calvillo decision and submission line. It's probably a, a shitty price, but I like that Calvillo by decision line. I think I actually might play that just because I, you know, even though we don't like right betting women's MMA chalk and stuff, we like the dogs, like the plus money on some of these women's uh, you know fights. Um, it is mispriced. Some of the props and, you know, during by submission against Nina, you know, plus like 320, right? Insane. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll play a little uh, Nina or uh, Calvillo by decision, but not very confident in the pick because Nina, you know, she does have like more pointed and direct and sharper strikes on the feet. But, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Calvillo could get some takedowns and, you know, just hold her down. Yeah, I agree with that decision line. That's that's a good good price. I'll I'll probably play that as well. I, I just think the goes the distance here is kind of short. I mean, minus one eighty. Wait, no, wait. Are, I mean, I don't think Nina. Long? Yeah, I don't think is Nina that, is. No, I see. Did it's I use that 80. word correctly? Is short the right word to use there? Though it's short. Short. Or... Yeah, I mean, sure, cheap, <laughs> cheap. Yeah, right. minus one eighty. Minus one eighty. How the fuck? Minus how the fuck is this fight finishing? 30, I mean, I don't think I don't think Nina's finishing anything. Like, no, there's no way. So. <laughs> Is, uh, is she finishing uh, Amanda, though, is the real question. You, you see, you talk shit about me, and then you say something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> next fight, heavyweight division. Jared Vandera, Chase Sherman. Ozzy's fucking boy, Chase My Sherman. My man. This guy this never guy, he never leaves, dude. This guy is a perpetually in our lives. We can't get rid of him. No, he's he's the, the heavyweight Sam Alvey. He's wow. becoming, but Vandera is the minus two hundred five favorite. Chase Sherman plus one seventy five. I mean, Ozzy, your turn to start this one off. I mean, the answer I'll tell man is never Chase Sherman. He's just never the guy, man. Like the only win he's had since when's the last, when did he beat Ike? That was in twenty. Was that twenty twenty or before? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Not even a real a real heavyweight, and I mean the guy's just bad. I mean, he's went back to Sanford. He must be like a fun, joking, you know, kind of fun guy to be around. Like, no, no, no disrespect jovial. to the guy. Yeah, jovial, you know, benevolent, right? Get in all those SAT words. Um, but he just doesn't. He just doesn't do enough in these fights, and he's not durable. And you know, he's done roids before, and he's just not smart. And he doesn't have a ground game, and he like slips and falls, and he doesn't push. He doesn't like push through pain and he doesn't, you know, his cardio is not great. And he never has he ever won a decision, Martian? Like, I, I forget my Chase uh, Sherman statistics. Actually, um, I think he has uh, early has on in the he? UFC. And I mean, the funniest thing is, like, you've literally actually gotten plus money to fade this guy on multiple occasions. Um, and you know, the juice here is, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do it. I mean, he's won one decision. Okay. He's one in foreign decisions. And the one decision was Damien Grabowski. 
Yeah, Griffin, I don't even remember that. That was in New York. Oh, God. That was the gas. Oh, I didn't go to that event. Thank God. But uh, I don't even know who Damian Grogowski is. Nope, he's probably no in KSW. Clue. He's probably in KSW. He is. he is. He is. Good Good call by me. Um, <laughs> damn, he's 20. He's 22 and 5, and he lost to Chase Sherman. The heavyweight's an insane, an insane place. Um, but, I mean, I just think, you know, Vandera, he's an idiot. I mean, he – let me not fight or bash. He makes some bad decisions, right, particularly the Alexio Linick one. He's an idiot. But, yeah, but overall, man, like, you know, I think it's it's hard to finish him. He's super, super tough. He's actually got better cardio than you would think at the weight class. He's big, right? He's, like, bigger than Chase Sherman. He's got great reach. Um, and he makes the fights dirty. He's very willing to push and, you know, do the do the stuff that's going to score him points and win him the fight. So, I mean, I would give him a big edge in the third round if it did get there. Um, and then he would only need to win one of the first two or finish Chase Sherman. Um, and obviously, if he puts Chase Sherman down, you know, Chase, Chase is not getting up. Um, you know, the KO line is plus 150 here for um, for Vendera. I don't really like that. But I think he's going to fucking cook Chase Sherman. So, I don't got anything more to say other than that. Like, I would never, ever, ever lay a bet on Chase Sherman. Like, literally, you could give me plus, like, 400 on this fight. Like, I'm never betting on Chase Sherman. Um, so, my pick is Jared Vendera. Yeah, I mean, it, you got to find some way to put some money on Vandera here. I like his his sub prop, and this is going to be a prop type of fight. Vandera sub 7-1. to one. Yeah, That means one out of eight times he has to get a sub. I kind of like love, that. I kind of like that. that. Love that. Yeah. Round two, Vandera, oh, it's 550 just for the round straight up. And then round three is plus 1,300. Wish we got a little bit better number on round two, but 1,300 for round three is really good. And then the you got to combine what I just said too. Those the sub round two plus twenty four hundred, and then sub round three plus forty eight hundred. I mean, sub uh, round two is twenty is what twenty four to one for Vandera for sub sub round two. Yes. Okay, I'm betting that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those those are on DraftKings. See, I, I like know, that I'm one. Finding, I like I'm that finding, one specifically. I'm finding because I think he gems. could exhaust Chase like early, like they could be clinching and stuff. And then, uh, and and then, like the like the Bado fight, like the Bado and fucking what you called that last week, or two yeah, weeks, Parisian, Parisian, yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, that, so that's what you got to do. You got to take some sub. You got to take some two, three. So that way, if he TKOs him in two or three, you still profit. But then if he gets the sub in two or three, it's the fucking cherry on top. And that's just the way you got to play it. I mean, Vandera, you said he's tough. You said he's hard to submit, though. I can't get that image out of my mind of him, how quickly he tapped to that scarf old choke. Now, here's something that I'm finally realizing. I don't. I never understood why people couldn't defend that. Me, you know, I, I always had great defense to that. Always had great. I mean, I don't think I ever tapped that. Maybe one time when some guy had like a 75-pound weight advantage. I got, caught, I got caught with that one time. I was like training at Marcelo's and it was this dude. He's like a fucking, he was like a college wrestler, like Virginia or something. And yo, you know what it's more to do with? It's like how hard their body is. You know what I'm saying? Like, hmm. and you got to think Alexio Linick, like he's just probably made a lead, dude. His fucking bones are probably just like brick strong. And like, literally, it feels like the planet is on top of you. And I got caught with that before. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, like I think Olenek would get me with it. And what, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm finally realizing dude, is that these, the these heavyweights, are they have no agility to escape it. So the easy escape is, you know, you put your arm in the guy's chin, you lift your legs up, you you, you fucking, you know, tangle his legs up. Can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah, they just can't do that. They can't get their legs up that high. They but can't also, conversely, conversely, if you think about, 
um Conejo, right? Uh, Ruiz, when she did it to uh, what's her name? Uh, Cheyenne, she right. doesn't have like the brick, you know, kind of body that Olenek has, so she can't really do that, uh, like that pressure. So you mm-hmm. got to give Olenek some credit, bro. But still, okay, by yeah, I, I do give him credit, but buys, I'm telling you, I would have escaped that that position in, in half a second. I don't understand, <laughs> it's very easy to escape, and like, I'm thinking. And Derek, I have a few weeks notice. I would have thinking this guy is drilling that escape all day, all day. That's all you got to do is drill the escape. No, no, and no. You at win heavyweight, the fight. dude. He at heavyweight, do no. At heavyweight, you, you think like, yo, I, I, I'm not even gonna let them get me in that position. That's how heavyweights think. You gotta, you gotta put your mind in the in the head of Bandera. Like, if you put your brain in the in the head of Bandera, he might be heavyweight champion. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he he essentially has no IQ right now. So any any you know implementation of my my skill set into his body would probably yeah I agree. Uh, all right, enough about that bullshit. Um, <laughs> three good fights on the top of this card: bantamweight division Ooh. next, Saeed Nurmagomedov, Douglas Silva, Diandraj, DSDA, one of the coolest names in the UFC. Huge. Favorite price on Saeed here, minus 335, Andrade plus 275. I just took a fat L betting against Saeed in his last fight. Uh, actually bet against uh, Andrade in his last fight as well, too. So, uh, obviously, reads aren't too good on either of these guys. Um, but Saeed, you know, it's a fact that this guy hasn't fought past one minute in two and a half years. Uh, so he only has two fights in the past two and a half years, both of them quick finishes, you know, you know, nice finishes. He fucked Striegel up with some punches and finished him. And then he caught Cody with that nasty guillotine. Um, I mean, that that really shocked me. I mean, Cody has grappled with Aljamain Sterling. He got the better of Aljamain for a portion of that fight in the grappling. And then him just getting choked out so easily like that, really depressing. Um, but, uh, you know, and Saeed, when the fight gets extended, he doesn't look too good. This guy's a big spinning attack guy. He like these big spurts of energy and you know, that that's a recipe for slowing down later in the fight and not being the best round winner. So when we seen him fight, Justin Scoggins and Hayoni Barcelos, he lost both of those fights. I think the, the Scoggins fight is widely regarded as a robbery, right? Ozzy, didn't you say you didn't you bet him in that fight or some shit? Oh, the massive rob, massive, massive robbery. That, that, that was one of my bigger L's I've ever taken. Cause I was, so confident that Scoggins that broke Scoggins career. Literally. Yeah. I mean, this, so that's the thing about Saeed is, is he's always going to be dynamic and, or, uh, to enough to finish you early on. But then if the fight gets extended past you know, round one, it's going to get dicey. So that's, that's what I think happens here is, you know, Silva can get, you know, caught cold sometimes early. He might get hit with some shots, might get finished here early, considering the Saeed's going to be way faster than him. He's way younger. He's taller. He's longer. I mean, he's going to be dealing with some trouble early on, but, um, Andrade adapts well. He got hurt versus Morozov. He came back and hurt Morozov and finished him. The guy digs to the body. He's a nasty puncher. He's just a, a tough all-around guy. And even Peter Jan had to beat up on him for two rounds before finishing him. So, man, I mean, I think there's no way you can be betting the Saeed of any kind here. I mean, money line, even his props, I think, are kind of are kind of uh, confusing to bet with the KO and the sub being around the same price. I don't see value on anything related to uh, to Saeed here. So I think you got to just maybe wait to live bet Andrade here, and hopefully he can survive that early storm, and hopefully he can come back and make something happen in these later rounds. And Andrade is a cool fucking fighter, so I hope he can maybe, uh, you know, uh, bring out some some crazy shit here in these later rounds, and uh, Andrade round two sixteen hundred round three uh, two thousand on some books. So maybe those late props for uh, DSDA. 
Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this fight a bit because, I mean, I love Douglas. And, I mean, the guy's an absolute fucking wild man, right? Like, you know, I think, you know, if you look back at the Morozov fight, like, he just kind of gets caught with that uppercut. And it was very early as well. And it kind of, like, you know, you know, messes him up, you know, for for a long time. And then I think he gets hit with, like, a a, a punch or elbow that, you know, cuts him open. But, I mean, he he's shown better cardio than you would think from a guy that's like just so muscled up but just i just love that the guy has like so much experience overall both in the ufc and just in his career overall um you know i respect saeed obviously i think i was on the cody statement side with you um in his last fight but like you said like you saw in the ronnie uh uh barcelos fight when he gets a guy that's like not coming in and engaging with him as much you know sometimes he could be a little slow to develop um, I don't think that he's, you know, necessarily going to be hurting Douglas all that much. Like, it kind of reminds, like, the Lerone Murphy fight, like, in, in in the aspect of, like, a guy who he's willing to exchange and fight with you in the grappling or the striking realm. And I just, you know, I can't get to this place with Saeed. Like, I think he's very good. But I just think for him to cover this price, like, it takes a lot for him just because his offense is not potent like in like for uh duration like he's good at like his in-between strikes are like he'll throw like a few jabs out there he'll flick the jab he'll flick the inside leg kick you know he'll throw very very um you know non-threatening single shots hoping for you to like come in and come come to get him and although you know that is the way that douglas fights he comes in you know he comes in and comes in strong and hard but I just see this fight potentially being competitive in way more occasions than these odds indicate. Um, you know, I, I kind of like the fight to go a little later just because I, I could see these guys clinching a little bit. Although I, I hope that uh, Douglas is not, uh, you know, careless and, and leaves his neck out there to, to get submitted. But I kind of like Douglas by submission here at, at some big prices here, 14 to 1, 13 to 1. Obviously, we got a Nurmagomedov on our hands, right? He's not, you know, related in any kind. But, you know, I think that the the submission, you know, he only has two submissions in his career. But I do think it's possible, right? Uh, he submitted Morozov. Um, and Saeed, he has slowed down sometimes before. He he looks to slow down the fight. Like, you saw where um, Hione, Hione was getting in on some takedowns on him, and he was looking to just, like, slow down the fight. And I think that's a good, solid game plan and and, and book for, for uh, Douglas to, to take up and, and try to push. Um, and I think this is a stiff prospect test. Um, and, you know, I, so I don't blame, you know, if you're laying the minus 230, obviously, it's moved over a dollar. But I, I'm kind of a little interested in Douglas. If I could get, I need, I need plus three hundred. Like I want to make a line there, and but I do kind of like it to go later. Like I like the starts round three or the over two and a half here for a lean. But I'm gonna look at this fight a little bit more. Um, but I think I am gonna have some action on it overall, and I, I do side with, you know, I think Douglas. I think there being a good bit of value here on on the Douglas, uh, Douglas Silver side. Sounds good. So I hope he can uh, pull something off. I mean, if Saeed wins outside of round one, you know, consider me impressed. I mean, that would be, I think, his far and away best win of his career if he were to be able to do that. Um, Co-main event time we have in the middleweight division, Kyle Bohio taking on Armin Petrosian. Bohio minus 230, Petrosian plus 195. Ozzy, your thoughts on this co-main event? Excellent fight goes goes on top of what I was saying a few weeks back that middleweight 
is a great division. It's got a lot of great prospects, a lot of young guys, you know, coming up. Um, and both of these guys had pretty impressive performances in their last fight. Um, you know, obviously, I think Kyle was my best bet uh, that that day that he did fight. But, you know, he fought a Russian guy who I think was more highly touted than uh, he really was, you know, skill wise. Um, also, a guy who's much smaller. I think he's going to be moving down to the 170 uh, weight class, whereas Kyle, I mean, this guy's a he's a real middleweight. He's a full middleweight. And he moves well in there. You know, he's got a pretty creative style, right? He's got a little bit of Machida, you know, on the feet. But then also has a Damian Maya background, uh, you know, training-wise. Uh, and is, is a solid grappler. You know, has judo as well. He's just very well-rounded and is so young as well. Um, but I, I, I still have a few questions on him as a whole for him to be uh, this favored over a guy who, in um, Armin, who, you know, I, I, when I was watching the fight live, I honestly scored the fight for RoboCop, but looking back at it, I could see why Armin got the second round specifically. You know, he did land some, some nice shots on RoboCop that it looked to, to maybe have affected him a little bit more than I gave credit to initially. But I mean, the most impressive thing to me about Armin, and I mentioned to you is he gets his nose smashed at some point in the fight. I don't know if it was from the head kick or it was already fucked up. But, I mean, you look at him in the last two minutes of that uh, fight, which was a pretty high-paced fight, and to me, the speed and the movement of him, his, was exactly the same as it was in the first round. Like, I don't think he lost any zip, any any power, uh, any speed on his punches at all. Um, and he's very content to, to score points. Like, he knows how to score points, right? He's like, a, I think he has a kickboxing background. And another thing that I like is when he does throw shots and he does like finish, you know, a combination off, he's really quick to, you know, get out of range and not be there as much for counter strikes. And I think that's going to probably be big here because Kyle, you know, he, I don't know if he's going to be able to take Armin down as much as people think. Cause I think we talked about it. I want to leave some meat on the bone for you, but obviously in the first round, you know, he kind of hits the sweep pretty quickly and he's able to control um, Gazi, you know, pretty easily from there. And in the second round, the guy, you know, somehow, you know, falls flat on his face trying to punch Kyle. Um, and, you know, he kind of loses the fight pretty quickly, but you know, he has a judo trips and stuff like that, but I don't think that shit is going to work on Armin. Like, I don't think he's going to be taking him down comfortably with uh without a lot of effort put out and like i said i think his cardio might be a little suspect that fight against gazi it was not that high pace right he didn't have to work all that much to 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 get the grappling positions or to keep them for that matter um and then you know they ended up uh you know he ended up being i thought a little i didn't think he was breathing that hard but I just don't think that he's going to be as comfortable in this fight. And, you know, you're, I'm getting a plus 195 here on a guy who I think is a very skilled kickboxer, knows what's up on the ground, you know, a bit. Um, and I think is uh, is being disrespected here overall. Um, a little bit too much hype, I think, on the Kyle Bahario side. Um, I think that the back control, you know, for him would be, you know, the, the biggest fault and the thing that uh, would win him the fight if he does get it to the ground. But I'm going to pick the Armin side. I like Armin by decision here. It's like plus 600. And I like uh, him on the money line as well. Yeah, so I mean, I'm in, you know, pretty much complete agreement. I thought, uh, you know, Kyle was, you know, the side early on, minus 140. He opened minus 300, got steamed down. And I was thinking, yeah, Kyle can probably make some takedowns and, uh, you know, win at minus 140. But where this line has gotten, I mean, it's gotten way out of hand. I mean, the, I mean, we're looking at like a 10% difference, I think, between minus 140 and 230 at this point. 
So, I mean, completely different fight when we're talking like that, right? Huge change. And then rewatching that fight, uh, both of these guys' most recent fights, um, you know, Ozzy already, you know, said this. I'll just echo it. Just Bohio won that fight on two big moments against uh, Gadji. And just it was a super easy fight for him. You know, Gadji posed no resistance. And, you know, Kyle just really didn't get tested in that fight at all. Same with uh, Aaron Jeffrey. That was kind of just an easy fight for him. Jeffrey, not really a too high of a tempo guy. And Petrosian, I mean, I think he's going to really bring out the tempo in Bohio. And we're going to have to see Bohio's cardio tested a lot more than we have recently. And uh, Petrosian, you know, this guy's fights all are the same. He gets taken down. He gets controlled. He gets pushed against the cage. For a little while, he stays safe. He defends. He separates. And this dude just starts throwing strikes. I mean, he bombs on people the seconds he gets back the distance. We saw that in the Contender Series. I mean... The exact what I just described, controlled, separate, and then within 10 seconds, this guy's getting knocked out. And, you know, he really impressed me against RoboCop. I mean, I, I thought initially watching that fight live, yeah, uh, RoboCop should have won the decision. Rewatching it, I completely see why Petrosian uh, got the decision. I mean, this guy's, he's throwing leg kicks. He's throwing body kicks. He mixes in some decent punches to the head. I mean, I'm seeing good technique and fast, crisp technique in all of his strikes throughout uh, the entire body. And I, I really like that about him. And I just feel like he's going to give Bohio problems on the feet. And if Bohio is not able to get takedowns and control this fight for long stretches of time, I think that Petrosian's volume and kickboxing is just going to be too much for Kyo. And we're going to see, you know, Kyo, uh, you know, take an L here. I, I think he's lost one more, one time, right? He, he's not undefeated. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he lost. Uh, and I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Armin is the easy easy side at this price and man i'm i'm growing more confident i think this is going to be a little bit more than a unit bet for me at this price uh, you said decision is six to one ozzy that can't be six to one on on uh draft that's games. insane man um man that's crazy six to one on armin decision when this this guy just beat robocop by decision and you're telling me he's six to one to beat this bohio guy come on um so, yeah, I mean, yeah. and I think a, like a Kyle win too. Like, I think he he'll probably look to try to grind this against the fence. Like, if he doesn't finish early or like can't get a takedown early, like I don't, I doubt he's gonna want to be at range for as long as RoboCop was. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think there's very big potential for this fight to go the distance. I mean, it's possible for you to go the distance and you get six to one for Armin to win it. Yeah, I mean, I think goes the distance straight up might have value too because I, I don't see, I don't know, man. Bohio just doesn't really look to me to as a guy who's hunting submissions. Uh, and Petrosian, no, his submit, he didn't really, I don't, he didn't lock anything up. No, and he and Petrosian knows how to stay okay. safe. You know, he he's he's good at you know mitigating risk when he's in those grappling positions. And man, I don't know. I think this one's going to the distance. I mean, I might be wrong about uh, uh, Petrosian. He might get taken down and controlled here, but I, I would be shocked to see him get finished here. So that means what? What is Petrosian? No scorecards plus one sixty. Holy shit! I, I don't know, man. We're, we're I think the part the prices are way off in this market all over the place. So let's see if we're right. We could we need a we need a fucking winner, Ozzy. So um, main event time. We got lightweight division of fight that has been booked before. Uh, we're seeing it again in the small cage this time. Rafael Fiziev minus two twenty eight. Rafael Dos Anjos plus one ninety three. 
So it's spelled the same way, but one is Rafael and one is Rafael. Make sure you guys get that clear. Um, and that's how we're going to distinguish between the two of them. So you got to have that sharp ear to, to notice what we're talking about here. But uh, the winner of the fight is going to be Rafael. And, uh, you know, the reason why I think this is because five round fights in the UFC, they go the distance. We're seeing this more and more lately. These five, these fights scheduled for five rounds. They just have this mythical way of going the full distance. And, you know, like we saw in the Armin versus Gamera fight last week or two weeks ago, the fourth and fifth round experience is huge. And Rafael Dos Santos has been in, I honestly think he might have been in like some of the most five round fights ever of anybody in the UFC outside of maybe like John Jones and stuff. But this dude is just constantly in five round fights, main events and championship fights. And he is just really experienced in those later rounds. Rafael Fiziev has never been the full five rounds. I think he, I don't think he's ever even been scheduled for it, if I'm correct. Um, so, but besides obviously the times he's been scheduled to fight uh, RDA otherwise. Uh, but, you know, that, those five round experience, round four and five, is just huge. And uh, Fiziev is, uh, you know, it's it's clear that he's the, the better striker of the two. He's got a speed advantage, much more dynamic on the feet. RDA can probably hold his own at times, but he's going to be in danger of, of those big body kicks. Uh, you know, Fiziev's got some nasty punches as well. You know, really good boxing from him. Uh, the calf kicks are, are, could be there. The inside leg kicks with this opposite stance matchup. And, uh, you know, RDA is going to be in some danger here on the feet. But RDA is is such a veteran, man. One of the most experienced guys ever. And he just knows how to get the fights into the area where he specializes. And he knows he needs to get this fight to the floor. He's going to, you know, mix in some takedowns, some clean attacks and uh, you know rda just a historically underrated fighter i mean he's he's a fantastic fighter in every uh, every area of the fight uh we did see him get out wrestled by some some bigger welterweights uh, in the past years and that people i think that kind of dropped their opinion of him but this guy is seriously like one of the best fighters ever top 20 fighters ever and uh, i don't think he's really slowing down that much i mean he just ran through moicano in his last fight looked extremely sharp in that fight he beat Felder over five rounds, so he's been going five rounds lately. He's been grappling in his fights lately, and I think that he's going to eventually mix in the takedowns. And uh, obviously, when RDA gets on top, I think it's going to be the entire round. He's going to be on top for good. And, uh, you know, Fiziev's takedown defense has looked historically pretty good, but I think that RDA is the best grappler that he's ever fought by far. So uh, I got RDA here with the grappling and the experience, the five round experience advantage here and a plus 193. He's looking awfully good to me. Very interesting fight here. I mean, you know, Fiziev, I mean, the guy's just got crazy dexterity overall. Like he, just his his uh, command of space you know you kind of see glimpses of it and you know people see like it in fragments and you know i don't know if they connect that this is all it, it just all goes together right like the fact that this guy can lean with it you know lean away from kicks and you know then he could land a spinning wheel kick to the head right both of those things are um you know predicated on just spatial awareness like being you know when when you say the matrix like the, the what that really is is him being comfortable and reading and you know knowing what the distance is and where he needs to be and you know how long it takes a strike of his right off a feint or off a you know a slip or a defensive movement to, to hit the guy and you know Riddell's circling to you know uh Riddell's you know right hand side so he's able to throw the kick so you know he's just a very uh natural fighter overall 
you know, definitely. And, you know, he finds the chin as well, right? Uh, Bobby Green, I think, uh, gave him the most issues um, because Bobby as well is very good in space. He knows how to lean with punches, you know, slip away and kind of use, uh, you know, all of that to his advantage um, to, to deflect strikes and and uh, stymie the, the offense coming back his way. Now, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, RDA, uh, on the other hand, he's more like a meat and potatoes fighter, right? You know, he he kind of loads up on his body kick. He kind of, you know, is is much more uh, deliberate and, uh, you know, is a master of the basics, uh, is, is I think the best way that I could describe him. Um, and I think this is going to be a very competitive fight, and it, it's very intriguing to me because of all those things that I just mentioned and the dynamic between their styles. You know, the two big things for me here is the small cage and, um, you know, the uh, five-round nature of the fight, right? Um, Moicano fight, the Moicano fight was in the smaller cage, or uh, excuse me, the bigger cage, and you saw what RDA was able to do uh, to him with the wrestling, and he didn't re even really need the cage uh, to do that. Um, but you saw in the Paul Felder fight, like, Paul Felder's pinned to the fence, like, on so many occasions and so easily. Um, and, you know, I did fault RDA for not being able to land a lot of ground and pound in that fight, but, you know, Paul Felder is, uh, you know, a Henzel Gracie Philly guy. He's a hard guy to hold down. Um, and he's, you know, I think that that gave RDA some issues there. I think here, I think he, he's going to be able to open up a little bit more with the ground and pound, but he's going to really need a chip away at, at uh, uh, Fiziev a bit because I do think he has some solid uh, takedown defense overall. I think that it's going to be hard even when you do take him down. Like, I think this is the kind of guy who's going to just like kind of just like scoot to the fence, you know, be shoulders on the fence you know sitting up with his butt against the fence and being able to you know kind of try to get up a little bit so if rda is getting success having success with the grappling and the takedowns i do think we'll see like you know the clinch like you know like back clinch like rda like holding like you know uh, um this guy getting up and rda holding on to it so if you have any props like if you're on any of those um prize picks any of those you know um uh, platforms i think the over on rda takedowns i think is is solid you know for him if this fight is going later especially which i think uh you know most people are kind of leaning towards but i am concerned about the bonk from um you know physio because like i said man he he's really good at finding the chin and uncorking those shots you know very quickly and uh numerous you know shots at a time but rda's chin i think is been better at 155 he's down in novo and now he moved back to brazil and i think he's pushing uh pushing it hard there i think he's he's embracing being the leader uh of that camp and being the most prominent guy there um and you know i like him in this fight i, I took some plus 195 you know we're seeing some plus 190s uh still popping up but i think that rda is going to be able to uh maybe avoid some of these strikes early on use that left body kick um you know on uh and the left inside leg kick to uh to stop some of the advancing of Fiziev, but because if he gets in the groove like uh, Brad Riddell let him get into, um, it's really really hard I think to uh, to beat him. So I think RDA does need to start hot, but he also needs to be patient and diligent, which I don't think is going to be an issue. Um, and he obviously has the cardio to push, you know, any any which round. So I got RDA here. Um, I'm considering betting, betting him a little bit more if they're going to keep hanging this plus 190. Um, I just think that he's really solid man, solid man, and I think that he he knows that this is his last push. So I think a little added motivation factor, and I think it might be a little too early, like biting off a little bit more than you could chew from Fiziev. But, um, but I mean, Fiziev is, is great in the gym and, you know, a lot of accolades. And, you know, I think he is a future, uh, you know, he's going to be a staple of the top 10 in the division. 
Um, but I think this is a pretty good stylistic matchup overall for RDA and if he can get, you know, some stuff going here. Um, so I'll pick him for the win and, you know, I'm definitely going to be backing him on the money line and, uh, and maybe a little bit, uh, no, no prop action here. I don't, I don't like any props here actually. So, so yeah, I'll RDA. give you some props to think about, uh, RDA sub at 800 RDA round three at 2200 round four is at. 2800 round five is at 3500 I, I don't know man those those four five especially you know with rd with uh Fiziev never being in four five you know you're getting 28 and 35 to one that's pretty good but um yeah i mean Fiziev, yeah. Fiziev, we saw we saw in that lot go ahead okay oh, well um you saw in the uh, gamrot um gamrot uh and arm fight that you know those those later rounds like you know even the most conditioned guys you know they get tired and you know, Fiziev is going to be throwing out a lot of stuff, but that's like my issue. Like, I do think he can catch RDA and potentially hurt him. And if he does put him on skates, I think he's going to finish him. It'll be um, early if that so, happens. So, you know, I'm going to try. I'm going to leave. Yeah, I'm going to leave some in the chamber, though, to add to RDA live. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to get too crazy with it, but uh, but I like RDA. Yeah, I mean, like you were just saying, like uh, Armin was up 2-0 after round uh, going into round three, and then Gamrot still pulls it back and wins it all in those later rounds with the, you know, that cardio advantage, which I could see happening here. Fiziev outstriking him early, but then RDA taking over late. Um, if Fiziev's gonna win, man, do you think it's gonna be knock? Do you think he has any chance to win a decision here? I mean, I think he's got some, obviously, but you got to think RDA would be the favorite yeah. heading into the the decision if it happens, right? Yeah, yeah, I think some. I think he has some decision equity, but I just think that the like it's gonna be a gritty fight if it's going later. Like RDA knows how to sap a gas tank, and I think at one fifty five, like the one seventy, I think was bad for him because I don't know like how his preparation was there. I, I just think it was like just like a bad thing for him to be moving all the that weight for some guys. But I think at one fifty five, like he has to do everything. He has to ride the bike. He has to run. He has to run hills. You got to run the stairs. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 he would have to uh, stun RDA a few times uh, within that, you know, potentially get maybe like a 10-8 round. I think it'd have to be kind of a crazy fight for uh, for, for a, a physio. Yeah, uh, well, decision. the decision only, they have RDA at plus 165 for decision only, which I think is probably worth it. Um, wow, really? Yeah. Plus 165, decision only. Yeah. I mean, they th- I mean they're thinking that he has that... Uh, Fiziev has way more decision equity than I think because I mean the over is four and a half and it's minus yeah. fifty. So that's that so, they, they think if it goes to decision, Fiziev has a seventy percent chance of winning. That's I feel good about the Fiz the RDA. Like I just feel like this is a good match. Yeah. Like you said, I would I would say, you know, put someone pre fight and then look to lie back because I, I do think he'll I think he is likely to lose round one. Um you know, before we can, but this small cage man is is way better for him. I think the last time they were supposed to fight was on a pay per view. Would have been main uh main card or, or big cage, and I think that would have been a lot harder for RDA to get his grappling game plan going. But this this small cage is way smaller. I will say too, like you know, the Fiziev, like patient Fiziev, like he was against Riddell. He did look kind of scary, but I just don't think that he's going to be able to, like, hold his ground as easily against RDA. Just because, like, RDA is not as scared of him as uh, Riddell was. Because I think Riddell's probably got his clock cleaned a bunch of times. And I think he's, like, a more of a power striker. Like, he's going to be able to, like, you know, keep keep uh, Fiziev going backwards more. So, I like RDA. All right, that's going to take us to uh, best bet of the week time. I haven't given this 
too much thought. So I'm going to have, mine. I'm going to have to, okay. Uh, what is yours? Rick? I mean, I mean, I only bet one month, like I bet the money line on Armin. I got uh Rafael the Dos Anjos, but you know, my best bet that I like the most, you know, I was thinking about like a proper two, but for on the money lines, for sure, Ricky Tercios minus one ninety. Minus one ninety. Okay, um, man, this is gonna be a tough one to decide. I- I'm stuck between uh, Hani the Heat or my boy Kennedy and Zechuku, and I think oh, based Lord. on that, I gotta go with Ronnie. I think that it's the much better decision to do, especially because the price. Get it is right lot. out the way early too. Yeah, 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 and the, and the price is right it, the, the price is very more similar to what I've actually betted at minus one twenty versus minus one twenty five, um, while uh, Nzechigo has moved a little more. So you combine Ricky and Ronnie, and that gets you to plus one seventy five. That just sounds good, doesn't it? The Ricky Ronnie parlay. Ricky and um, Ronnie. Ricky Ronnie. So yeah, book it, everybody. One thirty five. One seventy five. No, I'm just um, saying they're both 135ers. Oh, oh, true. Um, all right, that's gonna do it for this podcast. Solid fight night next week. Uh, UFC Long Island. Uh, the Martian will be in attendance. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Ozzy will as well. And I think uh, you know, it's a pretty TBD. solid card. Looking forward. To, looking forward to talking about that one next week. And um, we'll see you all before that next UFC card. So thanks you everyone for listening. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. And uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you all cash some bets this weekend. And we'll see you all next week. Peace out.